This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express Card. And we here on Savor are what you might call food explorers. It has been our actual job to go to cool places and eat, like, a lot of the food there. And then talk about it. And then talk about it into these microphones, which is a crazy dream job. Yes. Well, if you're like us and willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people like us who are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about mangoes. Yes. Oof. I love mangoes. Me too. (laughs) I agree with the sound that you just made. Yes. Was there a particular reason they were on your mind? Yes, because uh, right now it is uh, early March and that is like prime Atolfo mango season here in the southern United States, uh, where they are imported from Mexico. They're they're the smaller yellow uh, mangoes, and they're so good. And right mm. now, they're so relatively inexpensive, and, like, there are just crates of them at every supermarket you go to, and they make me so happy. I'm eating, like, too many of them. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing. Uh, also, just peek behind the curtains. It is storming here in Atlanta right now. Oh, yeah. Um, So that loud thunderclaps perhaps you might hear. (laughs) No way uh, echoes our thoughts on mangoes. We love mangoes. No, no. Yes. So I remember the first time I had a mango. I was in high school. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. I'd never had one before. A good friend of mine, still a good friend of mine, uh, she shares a birthday that's near mine. And we were hanging out and doing these like pre-birthday festivities. Uh, Her her mom was a chef. And um, my friend cut these like thin slices of mango for us to share. And I was absolutely for it. Like I took one bite of it and it was so 
bright and just bursting with flavor. And the texture was so unique. Um, It's kind of like melted when I bit into it. Um, It was just like an explosion of flavor. (laughs) But like really it was. Um, It was one of the most vivid food experiences of my life that first time I tried mango. Oh my goodness. Um, Oh, I love this. Yeah. It absolutely transported me. Um, And I don't get it as often as I would like. But every time I get it, I'm like equally happy (laughs) with the decision. (laughs) Oh, totally. Yes. Um, I also love a good mango lassi. And we did see some mango trees in Hawaii. I remember this. We left like right before they started to ripen for that year. And Mm. I am still mad about it. Like we kept seeing like everywhere we went, I kept like clocking these like still green, still slightly small mangoes on these big, gorgeous trees. And I was like, mangoes, why? (laughs) Why? But yes, if you could not tell, I also love a mango. Um, I was pretty familiar with them from having grown up in South Florida, but um, but mostly the um, the larger uh, red and green like Tommy Atkins type that are that are commercially grown there. I think the first time that I had a, a smaller yellow type was here in Atlanta, and it like similarly to your experience like changed my dang life. I was just like, what, how, like how. Yes, so much flavored. Such a small package, and every bite. Oh, I love them. One of my one of my very favorite things to do for lunch um, is to take like an avocado and a mango and cut them up and like put them over rice and put some torigake on top and just oh. eat it. Oh, that sounds so good. It's not mm. actually extraordinarily filling, and I'm always mad at myself like two two hours later. But <laughs> but it's so delicious at the time. In the moment. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess this brings us to our question. Mangoes. What are they? Well, uh, mangoes are a type of fruit that grows on trees. They've got a thin, inedible skin surrounding a juicy, sweet tart, uh, soft and kind of slippery flesh. And all of that surrounding a single large pit that contains a a, a single seed, usually. Um, They're about fist-sized, depending on the size of your fist. Um, An oblong, a sort of um, a semi-flattish oval or like a weird egg, um, often with a a curved beak shape at the end opposite from the stem. The fruit is good raw or used for juice or puree or cooked. And right, it is just so bright tasting, like um, tropical and a little citrusy, a little bit floral and or piney almost sometimes, um, sometimes a little bit puckery, like astringent. It's sort of like a like a sip of margarita. It's uh, mm. it's like a like a slip, slippy little ray of sunshine. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yes. Uh, They are a member of the Anacardiaceae family, which is related to cashews and pistachios and mangosteens. You can see our episodes on all of those. Um, And also related to poison ivy and poison oak and poison sumac. The skin of mangoes does contain an irritant that some people are very sensitive to. Um, Brie, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. Me too. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's very unfortunate. Mm. Mm. 
mango trees, though, are these fairly large evergreen trees. They can grow up to about like 65 feet. That's 20 meters. Uh, and, and they're pretty with these uh, large, shiny, dark green leaves and uh, broad canopies, good for shading and landscaping. Um, in orchards, though, the trees tend to be kept about half that size. They can live and fruit for hundreds of years. And the trees will produce these kind of cone-shaped clusters of, of just a mess of tiny, um, often red and white streaked flowers. Many are male, but some uh, can and will develop a fruit with, right, this, uh, this leathery skin that will go from green when it's immature to um, anywhere from yellow to gold to blush to orange and or red as it grows and ripens. And as I alluded to earlier, there are two main branches of mango fruit types. Uh, Indian subtypes and Southeast Asian subtypes. Indian subtypes tend to be larger and rounder with uh, orange to red skins when they're ripe, a more fibrous fruit, and a monoembryonic seed that will produce a single seedling. Meanwhile, these Southeast Asian subtypes tend to be uh, smaller and flatter with a yellow to golden skin when they're ripe, uh, a softer fruit, and a polyembryonic seed that will produce uh, one seedling from both of its genetic parents and then multiple seedlings from like just its mother plant that are going to be clones of its mother plant. So interesting. And there's a lot of really cool genetic research that I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> that's going that's going into all of this but um but apparently some of the genetics are interesting because it seems to have uh, the, the mango seems to have gone um or undergone multiple different like domestication events or um diversification events there you go there you go mm -hmm. i knew i was going to arrive at a word at some point <laughs> also great gray cat says hello if you heard him jingling that was that was gray cat he's <laughs> He's it's again. There's a thunderstorm. He doesn't like thunder, so he's he's. But he's 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 coping with it okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. We all say hello to you, Gray Cat. <laughs> oh. Also, <laughs> Gray Cat says minor glare. <laughs> that <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. But yeah. So you get this fruit. Um. When they are still unripe. Uh, they're kind of um, uh, puckery and vaguely crunchy and can be sliced and used fresh in salads or they can be pickled. Uh, ripe mangoes are much sweeter and softer and can be used uh, fresh. You can just eat one or uh, mix them into all kinds of sweeter, savory dishes, raw or cooked, but often raw, uh, like salads and salsas and ceviches and palafs. You can put them in rice puddings and frozen desserts and baked goods. Oh, um, mm. They're also popular dried and seasoned, um, often with a spicy or salty spice blends to them. There was, oh, there's there's one that they make with um, uh, like sour plum uh, that's popular out in Hawaii that I bought a lot of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some like chili pepper in there. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the uh, juice and or pulp is used in drinks and desserts to flavor puddings and jellies and candies and also savory sauces. So just a wide, a wide variety of really, really, really tasty things. And a wide variety of cravings I'm experiencing right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I I have one I have one mango left from my last shopping trip, and I've been saving it for after this episode. <laughs> Excellent. Very smart. Very very smart. <laughs> I'm going to the store tomorrow, so hopefully I can oh, get one. Okay. Okay. Mm. <laughs> well, what about the nutrition? You know, it depends on what you're doing with it. But by themselves, mangoes are good for you. Um, they've got a good punch of dietary fiber, a lot of vitamins and minerals, um, very little fat or protein, um, and a lot of sugar, though. So so even though they will help fill you up, to keep you going, you should pair them with a little bit of fat and protein, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I'm like going <laughs> through all my favorite mango recipes right now. Oh, uh... my gosh. Oh my gosh. I really, I really just eat them. Like I never get that far. Like I, I, I love like a like a mango sticky rice, but I never, mm-hmm. I'm never I motivated good... to do that much. I'm always just like, but I could just <laughs> eat it right now. Like they can be kind of a pain to handle. That was one of the for me. Again, mm-hmm. I, I have a small my my limit is early um, when it comes to preparation, but I do have huh. a good uh, mango salsa recipe I really like, and I have a good like. Mango marinade recipe. Ooh, I really like. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we do have some numbers for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we are not the only ones who like mangoes. Mm-hmm. Global mango production has doubled in the past few decades. Over 90 countries produce commercial mangoes, but India, China, Pakistan, Thailand, and Mexico are the largest producers. Asia accounts for around 77% of mango production. And if you go by the number of countries that consume a given fruit, mango is the most popular fruit in the world. Though by tonnage, uh, bananas and apples and tomatoes are far ahead. Um, As of 2017, the world was producing around 43 million metric tons of mangoes a year. Uh, Bananas were doing over twice that. Uh, So, yeah. Ah. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, India is home to hundreds of varieties of the fruit, and according to the gastropod episode on them, some Indian expats will fork out hundreds of dollars for just one air-freighted container of their favorite variety of mango. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you're interested, the episode is called Mango Mania, How the American Mango Lost Its Flavor and How It Just Might Get It Back. Um... And it actually touches on something I'm really, really fascinated in, which is this sort of idea that a lot of us might not have ever tried the true, like, beauty of a thing because (laughs) it's been kind of watered down. Um, So, yeah, definitely recommend it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Always, always recommend Gastropod. They do such a good job. Um, Yeah, but, right, thousands of local varieties are grown around the world and basically never leave the areas that they're made in. So Mm -hmm. if you're ever traveling to a tropical or subtropical country and they seem to be producing local mangoes, seek them out, seek them out. Um, Meanwhile, (laughs) the Guinness record for the heaviest mango is for a specimen from Colombia that weighed in at 4.25 kilos. That's like 9.36 pounds from just last year. Ooh. The photos are amazing. It's like the size of a human head. It's gigantic. <laughs> did they eat it? They did. They did. Um they first took like a took like a mold of it to like to yeah. like preserve its majesty. Uh-huh. Um but they said that it was it was very delicious and healthy inside. Okay. The fruit. So, yeah. 
Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, oh, going back to mango sticky rice, um, uh, which is a dessert that you make with you usually cook the sticky rice in like some coconut milk. um, And then uh, there's diced mango and or like a mango puree sauce or something going on there. But yeah, so the largest serving of mango sticky rice serving in heavy scare quotes here, um, went to the Tourism Authority of Thailand in 2019 for having made 4,500 kilos of the stuff. That is like 9,920 pounds. And that is quite a bit of mango sticky rice. Single serving? I, they said serving. It says serving. (laughs) I don't. I they don't call think... in the Hulk? Like, what is this? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I love it. <laughs> I would love, like, in superhero world, if it was, like, regular serving size and it was, like, if there was a Hulk, <laughs> here's for you. <laughs> yeah. They, the pictures are great because uh, because they served it up um, with a decoration of mango on top that spelled out the words, we care. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. I did see some mango art uh, using Ooh. like actual pieces of the fruit, not just people painting it. But I did see some mango art during this research. So, yeah, I'm into that. I'm into cool. That. Yeah. You know, we love some food based art over here. Absolutely. Mm hmm. A few places grow mangoes here in the United States, uh, California, Florida, Hawaii, and Puerto Rico. Um, Mexico supplies the U.S. with about 86% of its mango imports. And mango consumption is growing here in the United States specifically. It increased about 50% from 2005 through 2015 and uh, uh, was still on the rise as of the time that 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 report came out right around 2015-ish. So, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. In Europe, about a third of the mangoes sold are imported through the Netherlands, um, mostly having come from Brazil and Peru. Like they import some 230,000 metric tons of mangoes per year and export some 212,000. Wow. So a bunch. Apparently in Europe, uh, Germany and the UK consume the most by tonnage, though Portugal consumes the most per capita. Mm, Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And mangoes are the national fruit of Pakistan, uh, the Philippines, and India, where they are quite, quite celebrated. Mm -hmm. Um, The mango tree is the national tree of Bangladesh as well. And there are yearly mango festivals in many places that grow them. A cursory search turned up events in Florida, in the Philippines, where you'll find uh, such things as dancing competitions and parades, and Guam. Uh, which awards prizes for the biggest, the most beautiful, and the most bizarre mangoes on display. Hmm. Oh, I got to look more into this. I want to know what counts as the most beautiful, the most bizarre. Yeah. Also, dancing competition, I'm one. I'm in. Absolutely. (laughs) I was reading about, like, these, um, these, like, mango shaped and colored tricycles that they bust out for the parade and oh i want i want to i want to be there yes our field trip list is getting quite extensive (laughs) but i'm both in fear and very excited of it so yes (laughs) yes 
In the meantime, we do have quite a history of the mango for you. We do, but first we've got a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be, and it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, Another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. Well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, mangoes do indeed have a long and storied history. Mm-hmm. Historians believe that they originated in India and or Southeast Asia, perhaps in multiple domestication events, as you said, Lauren, mm-hmm. um, and that they have been cultivated there for over 4,000 years. However, some fossil evidence suggests that the genus's origin tracks back over 60 million years. Huh, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Interestingly, researchers think the seeds may have been spread by a now-extinct forager. Yeah, like one of those megafauna-type species that was, like, big enough that it would have, I mean, the same way that birds will eat whole berries these days and then, like, spread the seeds by pooping, Um that this was spread by something that was big enough that it would have been eating whole mangoes and then pooping yeah. the seeds. So that's, 
I yeah. love this. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. I've also been on like a super deep dive that I did not have time for to learn more about this. <laughs> uh, but yes, very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, Hindu and Buddhist religious texts make mention of the mango, as does the Kama Sutra. In fact, one of the first known written references to the mango dates back 4,000 years ago to Hindu scripture. In the early years of its cultivation, growers selected for things like taste and size. Records indicate that the mango was used culinarily, medicinally, including as a aphrodisiac, <laughs> say it with us now, um, practically for things like dyes, um, as the inspiration for art, um, like paintings and poetry. And perhaps it was known in some circles as the food of the gods and in others, the king of fruits and in others, the apple of the tropics um, with some overlap in there as well. And definitely there are a lot of mango poems out there. If you're Ooh. interested, go uh -huh. look them up. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. It is said that Buddha meditated under a mango tree and or that he created one that his followers went on to worship later. Um, and because of that, mango trees were sometimes viewed as symbols of knowledge, peace, and faith. Mangoes also have the symbolic importance in the Jain religion as well. And just a side note, there are a lot of tales about how loved the mango was by leadership and royalty in India, some involving arresting relatives for eating all of the mangoes. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> yes, and extensive mango grove plantings, kind of like really extravagant mango grove plantings. Um, it's hard to track down evidence to back up some of these stories, most of these stories, but I think it's safe to say people were into them. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Um, and there are so many legends about them. There's stories about gods of love, uh, princesses being buried and sprouting a mango tree, um, all kinds of things. And I would really love, as always, listeners, if you would write in, because there seemed like there was a lot of traditions around the trees and the leaves and the mangoes um, around the world. So please let us know. Yeah, yeah. If you have a local one, um, uh, we would love to hear about it. You absolutely would, Yes. Uh, during the 4th and 5th century BCE, Buddhist monks may have transported the mango on journeys to Malaya and Eastern Asia. It was kind of said as wherever Buddhist monks went, the mango probably went as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the mango was present in China by 7th century CE. Meanwhile, the Persians might have carried it with them to East Africa in 10th century CE. Outside of that, records indicate that the gradual worldwide distribution of mangoes began in the 16th century. The Portuguese are believed to have introduced the mango to West Africa and Brazil during this time, for instance. And uh, to have reintroduced it to East Africa, too. Yeah. Right. And from there, the mango spread um, and was in Barbados in 1742, the Dominican Republic not long after, Jamaica by 1782, and Mexico by the 19th century. It's likely to have been introduced to Mexico from both uh, other spots around the Caribbean and from the Philippines. So fun times there. Yes. Yes. And as the mango traveled around the world, so did grafting techniques used to grow them. Uh, and according to the Harvard Press, the first known record of mango pickling uh, comes from an 1806 dictionary that gave instructions on the process. Pickled mangoes are popular in Hawaii, Australia, Thailand, Cambodia, and Vietnam, and pretty much anywhere that has a bunch of mangoes. Though, oh, yeah. 
Before you yell at me, there are regional and cultural differences in the process and ingredients used. And I I'm understand. sure <laughs> that people were doing it before 1806. I, yeah. yeah. Yes. This, I don't think I've tried and I really want to. Um, oh, I, I know that I've had some like specific dishes that incorporate a pickled mango, but now I am failing to remember what and where. <laughs> so this is a really good story. <laughs> yes. It'll come to you. It'll come to you later. I yes. believe it. Um, U.S. mango production began in 1863 when a man known as Dr. Fletcher sent mango seeds to Miami, Florida. Though uh, mangoes may have been introduced earlier, the first record of them in Florida that we know of dates back to Cape Sable in 1833 um, with mango seedlings shipped by one Dr. Henry Perrine. But these seedlings died after his own untimely death. Mm. Fletcher's shipment, however, produced two trees, one of which was still fruiting in 1910. Around this time, South Florida had launched a pretty extensive breeding program that resulted in important commercial varieties like the Tommy Atkins, Hayden, Kit, and Kent. Mango trees were being planted in California by 1880, meanwhile. While the exact date isn't known, mangoes are believed to have been introduced to Hawaii in the 1820s. In 1875, 40 mango varieties from India were first planted in Australia. And then, uh, during China's Cultural Revolution that started in the late 1960s, Chairman Mao Zedong helped popularize the mango as a symbol there. Uh, He gifted 30,000 workers he'd sent to confront students at a university in Beijing with 40 mangoes after he himself had received one the day before from Pakistan's foreign minister. And it's worth mentioning, uh, many were injured and some died in the skirmish. Yeah. Um, Because most people in northern China were unfamiliar with mangoes, they treasured these fruits. Um, They tried to figure out what they were, uh, might have viewed them as something bordering on magical. Some people preserved them or made wax replicas of them. If a mango started to rot, workers might boil it in water and then divvy up the resulting liquid. Allegedly, uh, Mao didn't even like the fruit. It is now commonplace throughout China, and there's a lot of interesting interviews you can read from older folks Mm. who have seen kind of this progression of when the mango was so rare to now it being pretty easy to get your hands on. Huh. Yeah. Uh, Due to a variety of reasons around things like quarantine and fruit flies, Indian mangoes were not allowed to be imported into the United States for, for a decent amount of time. The American ban on Indian mangoes was lifted in 2007, but the road to get there sounds like the makings of an HBO show, at least to me in my food-centric mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Failed mango smuggling, confusing trade agreements between India and the U.S., and a swap of sorts of mangoes for Harley-Davidson motorcycles. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Right? Seems like a show. (laughs) Um, meanwhile, in recent years, uh, climate change has been pretty hard on some growing areas for mangoes, with uh, crop production struggling in places like Spain and Italy and Egypt, um, which saw 30% less production last year. But, um, but then in other areas, like, crop production was too high, like, higher than they knew how to handle, um, like in China. And uh, pandemic supply chain issues have been making imports and exports more difficult, too. (laughs) Yay! Woo! (laughs) Uh, 
Uh, and manga research is ongoing into how to breed the hardiest, most flavorful varieties. So like going back to that gastropod episode of kind of trying to recapture this flavor while also keeping the the hardiness of the fruit and things like that. Yeah, yeah, because once they once they ripen, um, they're a fairly delicate thing. You can't really toss them around all that much. Um, uh, and some of the right, like as as we've seen with a lot of different types of produce, like as people bred for more sturdy fruit, it didn't necessarily carry through the traits of the tastiest fruit. And so that's kind of it doesn't need it. it you know, hopefully it doesn't need to be a trade off, and people are working on it. Yes, they are. And I am excited because I love mango. More mangoes. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yep. Yes, indeed. Well, I think that's what we have to say about mangoes for now. It is. Uh, we do have some listener mail for you. But first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express Card. And we are what you might call food explorers. We are so lucky that a part of our job involves traveling and trying a lot of the food where we go to travel and then coming back here and telling all of you good listeners about it. And through that, we have discovered some amazing dishes. Sure, yes. Like, I had never understood what poke really could be. And it is delightful. It is stunningly good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we had a lot of on our trip to Hawaii. Uh, another thing from their passion fruit I now look for in literally every menu that I read. I'm like, yep, that one has passion fruit. Going for it. And then all of the moles, and especially the green mole that you heard us talk about recently that we had from in Las Vegas. In Vegas, yeah. Oh, or just steak basements. Who doesn't love a steak basement? Exactly. <laughs> Well, um, if you are like us and you're willing to travel to seek out new foods to try, you go with the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. It's for people who, like us, are in search of the next food adventure. If you travel, you know. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. 
And we're back with Fighting into sunshine, <laughs> which is funny because it really is raining pretty bad out there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Hmm. Well, <laughs> Kate wrote, "I've been listening to all the Saver episodes from the beginning, uh, and I got up to saffron today. Uh-huh. I heard one of my favorite words, spider." <laughs> <laughs> I'm Australian, and as a true stereotype, I absolutely love spiders. Don't worry, most Australians are scared of spiders like the rest of the world, but <laughs> I find them to be fantastic little animals. A long time ago in a podcast far, far away, <laughs> you said animals with food names are great. As such, I have named my pet redback spiders, black-eyed pea, pepper popcorn, tomato, and cannelloni. Do you have any more suggestions for a black widow-like spider with a red stripe? Uh, Annie, I hope you and your spider have a good living arrangement. If you know what species it was, I would love to know. And if you want spidey photos, I will happily send them. (laughs) I wanted to give you some warning first, though, because people don't generally like surprise spiders in any form. Also, on another of my favorite topics, Lauren mentioned her ginger girl cat in an episode, perhaps the miso episode. Ginger female cats are quite rare. It's because the ginger gene is linked to the X chromosome. So females need two ginger genes to be ginger, whereas male cats only need the one. So your cat is rather special. Oh, she is special is certainly the correct word. Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, gin- ginger girl cat um, has unfortunately gone on a, a little bit of a surprise walkabout. Uh, we we haven't we haven't seen her in a few weeks here. And so we are all hoping very hard for her safe return. Um, and uh, if, if anyone in Atlanta finds a random ginger girl cat, let us know. Um, but yeah, no, we, we've been we've been reaching out to all of the uh, shelters and stuff like that and have flyers up. So uh, so any 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 good thoughts um, would be would be appreciated. Her name is Trudy. If you if you need to uh, incorporate that into your thoughts and um she's peruvian actually she came to us from peru um where a friend's father picked her up on public transportation and decided to adopt her and bring her back here um uh and from what i understand the local population of cats there does have a a broader orange streak so maybe maybe that has something to do with the relative rarity. Uh, mm. mm-hmm. Well, yes, our saver thoughts are with Trudy. Hope she turns turns up from her walkabout soon. Oh, me too, me too. Uh-huh. Yes. Um and uh spider pictures. I I would love spider pictures. Annie, I don't know how you feel about that. Yes. No, I would too. Um, okay. I, so <laughs> my spider situation, <laughs> I uh-huh. need to, next time the spider emerges. So there's a spider, for anyone who missed this, and I'm sure some people are clicking out as fast as they can. <laughs> um, there's a big spider that lives like in the the crease between my the wall and the ceiling. Um, and she emerges Every now and then when a moth passes by, like silly moths or cockroaches, I'm always Uh watching them like, you fools, 
Um, because she is she is brutal. Like she is a yeah. hunter. She just jerks out and wraps them up and then pulls them in. And I've backed away cautiously before, and I like spiders, but I was in awe of oh, this sure. hunter prowess <laughs> that I was witnessing. <laughs> yeah, but we're we're on the same as long. You're as on the she, same team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stays in her area then i'll stay in my area and we're gonna be good i i do like spiders but they do also i i respect i guess is what i'm saying yeah yeah no same same um i understand most of them have no intention of hurting me or anyone else like they they don't that's not that's not what they're really after you know Mm -hmm. they're they're more just like ah what's that very large thing why is it making so many vibrations i don't like it (laughs) um uh but but yeah, no, I lo- I love I I actually really love like like close up pictures of spiders with all of their cute little eyes, mm-hmm. or little their little fuzzy fuzzy fuzzkins, you know. Yes. Yeah. So we're saying bring on the spider pictures is what it sounds like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh goodness. Um. Then we've got a, a couple of short ones here. Um. Summer wrote. Was listening to the Sunflower episode, you talked about X-Files and Spitz brand sunflower seeds. In Canada, we have a legit brand of sunflower seeds and other snack items named Spitz. Guess they aren't in the U.S.? Love hearing about the different food brands and products in U.S. markets versus Canadian ones. Oh, my heck. Okay, so, I mean, the X-Files' first several seasons were filmed in Canada, so um, what I'm assuming has happened here is that Spitz and David are owned or or David's whichever it is um uh mm-hmm. are owned by the same company in Canada and the US and so that explains the similar packaging um and that's just the brand that was local to filming in Vancouver when yeah they were filming so that makes sense so after i read this letter i was in the grocery store and I looked at the sunflower seeds and I didn't see any spits, but I did see David's. I believe it was David's. And I was like, hmm, a mystery. A mystery yeah. worthy of the X-Files. <laughs> or just, yeah, savor in a quick Google search, <laughs> probably. Uh, oh, man. I love... I love being wrong. Keep it, keep it coming, y'all. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. Um, Albert wrote, a few episodes ago, you mentioned that you don't buy a lot of milk because it goes to waste. Uh, do you not have pint-sized, ultra-pasteurized milk in Georgia? On a side note, if you haven't done an episode on pasteurization and ultra-pasteurization, that might be interesting. Ooh. Agreed. We, we talked some about it, and we did this episode about types of milk. Um, we did a, a while back, and I know that we touched on it in that, um, and we might have also touched on it a little bit in like yogurt or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I can't remember how deeply we got into it. Yes, I think certainly worth a, another look. Oh um, yeah, and this is in response to something I said about how I felt like I could never buy milk because I live alone and it goes bad so quickly. Um, we do have these available, but even so, I don't use enough milk. Oh, wow. Huh. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think if I planned for it, like if I was like, this is the week where I eat cereal and make pasta sauces with milk, I could. Yeah. But in general, it's just kind of like a a whim of, I really want Cinnamon Toast Crunch this one time <laughs> this whole year. Like, it's very... <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I see you. I, I, whenever I feel like whenever I have like certainly a whole carton of it, I'm just sitting there going like, okay, all right, what am I? I need to make pudding. I need to make. Yes. I need to like bake a pasta dish. Like I need to do. Like what am I doing with all of this milk? What's gonna happen? Um, what's gonna happen? Indeed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got a carton of half and half in there that's taunting me right now. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) thanks to all of those listeners for writing to us. If you would like to write to us, you can. You can email us at hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 